You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. One on and miss, and Mike Fires has thrown his second no-hitter. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! It's one out. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Back again, little A's Cast Live for the next two hours. We got a lot to do today. We weren't able to get him yesterday, but we're going to get him today as he was returning from Los Angeles watching his son and the UCLA Bruins take care of LMU and move on to the Super Regionals. Mark Kreidler is going to join me as his son was just drafted by the Detroit Tigers in the fourth round. He's a proud papa, good friend. A lot of you listening, you, you remember him from the Rise Guys that was on 95-7 The Game. And really one of the nicest guys that I've ever met in this business. So we're gonna to talk to him about we're gonna to talk to him about his son and how cool it is that his son got drafted and we'll get into a lot of things with Crides who, you know, has for many years has had a Hall of Fame vote and a longtime baseball writer and also an author. Rhett Bollinger will join us. He covers the Angels as we'll go behind enemy lines. We're going to do that at 445. Kreidler at 430. Bollinger at 445. And we'll check in on what's going on with the Angels as we have the opener going. News alert. It's a double opener tonight. And I know how much you guys love the opener. It's going to be Joaquim Soria up against Cam Bedrosian. I got a bunch of numbers on the opener. We'll get into that. We'll have the Bob Melvin Show at 5.05. We'll talk to the skipper. And then adapt or die. Do you have the uh, – let's play it. This is great. So we've come up with a segment that's going to be about analytics. And Eno Saris from The Athletic is going to join us today. And basically what we're going to do is we're going to take one metric and have him explain it, why he likes it, why he thinks it works, and we're all just going to get smarter. But we've developed an open, and that's not till 5.30, but I want to play it now. This is great. It's time for Adapt or Die on A's Cast Live. You don't put a team together with a computer, Billy. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. Of course, that character, by the way, is Grady Fuson, who still works for the Athletics, and by the way, has become golfing buddies with my brother. So Grady lives down in San Diego, and they're both members at San Diego Country Club. And a great story is like, Grady had no clue who the heck I am. 
He's like the only A's employee who has no idea who I am. And so as my brother got to know him and they're playing golf, he goes, yeah, my brother does the A's. He's like, I have no clue who he is. So all of a sudden I'm standing there in Japan this year and somebody comes up and pokes me from behind and it's Grady because Grady promised my brother, all right, I'll find him, I'll meet him. So I'm soon going to be going back to San Diego at some point, see some family, and I'm going to play golf with Grady. And we're going to be great. We're going to bring Grady on. And of course, he was, he kind of got thrown under the bus of Moneyball, but he, he, he's cool. If you haven't seen Moneyball in a while, I, I recently went back and watched it. Great flick. Go back and watch it. It's absolutely hilarious. There's some serious, funny sound from that movie. But we will start Adapt or Die today, Eno Saris from The Athletic. Why is it? That you people, and I do mean you people, why do you hate the opener so much? For some reason, baseball fans absolutely hate the opener. And I don't know why. Why is change so tough for fans? The strategy... Behind it is the fact that the numbers show for a starting pitcher, and it doesn't matter who the starting pitcher is. This works for everybody. That old adage that they used to say, he gets stronger as the game, gets, as the game goes longer. That's crap. See, it's these things that, Smart people coming into baseball, and that's why I bring up Moneyball, smart people coming into baseball have figured out a lot of these old adages, they don't work. They're not real. It's hocus pocus. The longer that that pitcher stays out on the mound and the longer that the lineup that he's facing sees that pitcher, he doesn't get better. He really doesn't get better. They have these numbers, and we're not even talking fancy analytics. We'll talk batting average, right? Old batting average. The batting average versus a starting pitcher. First time through the lineup, second time through the lineup, third time through the lineup is so dramatically different. You got offenses basically hitting like 300 the third time through against basically almost every pitcher. That's why you don't want him going through the lineup even a fourth time. God, you don't even want to see those numbers. So that's why they have the opener. The theory is... The opener goes out and faces the first three batters, ideally, or the first four batters. Those are the best hitters. Your best players are one through four, one through five. Those are your best hitters. And if I get through them with a reliever one time, and then I bring in this starter, he now can get me to the sixth, seventh inning, and hopefully he only goes through the order twice himself. 
Now, I understand a lot of people will say, well, it doesn't work. And that's why I always compare it to a field goal kicker. Nobody likes field goal kickers. Nobody. You only like field goal kickers when they make field goals and they win games. As soon as field goal kickers miss field goals, you want them cut. You want tryouts to be going on. You want a new kicker. As they, I know, for years, like, whether it's been Bill Romanowski, Lincoln Kennedy, all these guys that I've worked with, they can't stand kickers. They don't believe they're football players. That's why I compare it to the opener. But the Rays have shown us that the opener works. They've already used it this year 18 times. How about this note, if you don't think the opener works? The Tampa Bay Rays have the best ERA in baseball, and they use the opener more than anybody. They started using the opener May 19, 2018. I remember when it happened. I started asking everybody about it. And I remember the answer because, let's face it, when you're around the ballpark, you're around a lot of people who are, they don't like change. Baseball people are weird like that. They don't want anything different. They just want it all to be the same because that makes them comfortable. And I remember doing the interview about the opener because I thought it was fascinating. Because it's something that I actually did. And we actually did at San Jose State. There were times where our head coach, the Hall of Famer, Sam Perraro, would call it a bullpen game. So a starter, like what you saw in the playoffs, we were very successful doing. All the relievers, you'll take two innings, you'll take an inning, you'll take two innings, and it was a staff game. And it's very tough for a lineup to see that many different pitchers. That's why they say Joe DiMaggio's 51-56 game hitting streak will never be touched because Joe only faced like 54 pitchers during that time. If you were to hit like Ramon Laureano's got a 16-game hitting streak. If he was to approach 56 games, you know how many pitchers he – you're facing five pitchers a night basically. It'd be crazy how many guys he would face compared to what Joe DiMaggio had to deal with. The more different arms you throw at a lineup, the better chance you have of being successful. And I remember all these old guard baseball people last year when I was bringing up the opener, their excuse was, well, Tampa has to do it. And a team, legit teams, won't have to do it. Oh, really? Would you call the Los Angeles Dodgers a legit team? The Los Angeles Dodgers have used the opener, and they're on pace for 112 wins. Everybody's going to use the opener. It's not going away. By the way, the Rays, when they used Sergio Romo for the first time, the Rays had the ninth highest ERA in baseball in 2018 before the opener. The moment they used the opener, they had the best ERA the rest of the way in all of baseball. Adapt or die, people. 
You got to be able to make change. You got to be able to change with the game. I don't understand why you're uncomfortable with it. I don't have a problem with it. And the A's are doing it again tonight. And the Angels, the Angels have already used the opener 10 times. This is going to be their 11th time. For the A's, it's going to be their 13th. And the guy who's going to follow Cam Bedrosian, look at the numbers. Can we say the numbers don't lie? Felix Pena, as a traditional starter for the Angels, is 0-1 with a 4.15 ERA. Felix Pena, following an opener, is 3-0 with a 3.13 ERA. Which guy do you want to throw out there? You want to throw out the guy who's 0-1 or you want to throw out the guy that's 3-0? Right now, the A's using the opener 1-1 on the season. Now, for Liam Hendricks, you can make the case, I don't want, to, I don't want him to be the opener anymore. Because Liam Hendricks has turned in one of the best relief seasons so far in 2019. In 23 relief appearances, he's only allowed four runs. That's an ERA of 1.19. It's fabulous. And you saw him last night late in the game. Maybe this is a time where the bullpen can actually settle, and it could be Liam, and it can be Trevino, and can be Trinan, and get the bullpen going again. But Liam has been fabulous, and now he's such a weapon. You know, I don't, I don't want to see him start in the game. I want to see him late in the game. I want to see him in the high leverage situation late in games because that's how good he's been throwing. And by the way, can't say enough, what a hell of a guy he is. All the things that he and his wife are doing, making sure kids don't go hungry, where they have those backpacks full of, full of food for kids on the weekends whose parents are really struggling. He's trying to stop cyberbullying. He's teamed up with Tony LaRusso and Arf. I mean, this guy does a ton of stuff. He and his wife, what they're doing, they're using their platform for the good. And that's why I really root for Liam Hendricks. He's a special, special man. Now, another thing that I need to get into that had happened last night, and it's happening all over. This, I think, really needs to change, like really needs to change, and it needs to change ASAP. I just don't know how to fix it. Free parking, free drinks, and maybe even your favorite A's players flying into your lap. The Field Box is a great way to entertain clients or enjoy a game with your family and friends. Located next to each dugout, now is your time to get in on the action right from the field. To learn more about the Field Box and other premium seating options, visit athletics.com slash premium or call us at 510-638-GO-A's. That's 510-638-4627. 510-638-4627. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com community. 
That's athletics.com slash community. From sweet plans to single game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's Suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. Hey, kids, have you ever wanted to run the bases like your favorite A's player? Well, here's your chance. Children ages 14 and under can come onto the field following most Sunday home games and race around the bases with A's mascot Stomper there to cheer them on. Make sure to pack your running shoes so you can show off your speed. Race Around the Bases is brought to you by the Oakland A's Community Fund. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or co-workers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com premium today. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. All right, we'll be giving away tickets a little bit later. Commander Cody has come up with another good trivia question today. Well, he kind of stole it, but that's that's what we do in this business. <laughs> if somebody has good stuff, you got to take it and use it as your own. I won't tell anybody where you got it, Commander Cody. When do you want to do that, by the way? When do you want to give away the tickets? I was thinking about doing it maybe after we have Bob on. Maybe doing it after Bob. After the Bob Melvin Show? The only place you can get the Bob Melvin Show is right here on Ace Cast Live with Chris Townsend. It's the only place Bob is going to appear. It's the only place David Forst is going to appear. That's why you listen when we were on. If it's a 7 o'clock game, we'll be on from 4 to 6. If it's a Eastern Eastern or Central time zone, we'll be an hour before pregame. Is that correct? All right. So we'll be on Monday through Friday. You wanted a show, A's fans, and we're giving it to you. We always like to play this game. If you're a commissioner, what would you do? You're commissioner for the day. What would you do? And I'll take your suggestions at 510-897-1322. Don't call in. Text. You can text us at 510-897-1322. If I was commissioner for a day, what I would change is exactly what happened last night with the A's. It, 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 it's a travesty. We had a 4-2 to two ball game. There was only six runs scored in a game. That's it. Six. Didn't go extra innings, but it still went three hours and four minutes. How does a game that only has six runs go three hours and four minutes? Once again, the old guard out there, I don't care how long it takes. Well, I do. 
Sports are not supposed to be going three-plus hours. The game on Sunday went four and a half hours. Can you imagine if the Angels didn't score on Sunday? That could have been a five-hour game. Baseball should be played in about two hours. Two hours, two hours, and 15 minutes. This, this standard three hours in the game of baseball is not good for the game. So we looked it up. Entering today, the average nine-inning game is three hours and three minutes. And you wonder why attendance is down? You wonder why TV ratings are down? You wonder why radio ratings are down? Who honestly is going to sit and listen to a three-hour baseball game on the radio? Unless you're driving around. Maybe you're an Uber driver. Maybe you got to run a lot of errands. Three hours? Three, you're going to sit there for three hours straight and listen to the radio. How many people really have the time for three hours just to sit on your couch and watch a game? And you, you think about kids. My kids are 13. They're not up at 10 o'clock at night. You're really hurting your future. Because your games are going well past 10 o'clock. Even when school's out. How many parents are going to have their kids at 1030 at night still at the ballpark? Like it's something that needs to be addressed. Because it's not getting better, it's getting worse. They're getting longer and longer and longer. And anybody out there who says you don't care, well, A, you probably don't have kids. B, you probably don't have to get up and go to your job the next day. That's why I love when we're in Cleveland. Cleveland was starting their games at 6 o'clock. I'm like, this is brilliant. I don't care that it would be tough to get to games because of traffic in the Bay Area. But I think the end result would be better. If you started your games at 6 o'clock at night and the game is now over at 9. You're home by, for most of you who are going to A's games, you're home by 9.30. That's a big difference in 10.30. 11 o'clock. But I just, I, I don't know why. Is it all the bullpen? Is it shifts? Is it is it players? I, I, I Whatever it is, they need to speed this damn thing up. I bet if we went back and looked at the A's when they won three straight World Series, 72, 73, and 74, I bet the average game was under 230. Easy. I remember when they had the big three in Atlanta, the Hall of Famers, Maddox, Schmoltz, Glavin. Their average home games back then were like two hours and 15 minutes. Two hours is plenty of time. Two hours, two and a half hours, plenty of time. It's becoming a, it's becoming a, a big problem in football, too. You watch a college football game? A college football game... Because the clock stops 
when you throw the football and no one catches it, the clock stops. College football games are now over four hours long. How many people really want to sit and watch something for four plus hours or more on a Saturday? Our weather's beautiful here in the Bay Area. It really is tough for me to sit and watch a full-length, and I love college football. I just, I, I need things to be quicker. My life's changed. I got stuff going on. I got two kids. I, I, I don't have, now I'm, I'm speaking as I'm you. Obviously, I'm working around it, so I'm going to be. But part, I, I think part of the problem, too, is, is that baseball players, they're just, their lives are being at the ballpark all day long. Literally players, like down in Anaheim right now, the game's at 7 o'clock. Players will get there like at noon. I actually had this conversation with Ray Fossey. Like, Ray, Ray just can't understand why the buses leave so early. Like, why does everybody need to get there so early? When they were winning championships, the A's back in the day, they showed up like a couple hours before the game. Why are you there at noon for a 7 o'clock game? Why are you there at 1 o'clock? I mean, players are there all day. They're just there all They're just used to being there all day long because they got no place to go. Is And, and I'm looking at the 408. Once again, you can text 510-897-1322 from the 408. I agree. I think it's time for a pitch clock or at least get pitchers on the same page. Get the ball, throw the ball. Do you think the A's will push the start times to six instead of seven? I saw SF started doing that this year. Yeah, the Giants started, what, 645? They need to do something because this next generation of fans, they don't want to sit there for three and a half hours. Especially when you cut off booze in the seventh. And the longest innings are the seventh, eighth, and ninth, and now you've cut off booze. I don't know what the answer is, but they have to do something. It would be interesting to see if everybody in baseball started their games earlier, if attendance would change, if attendance would go, we see attendance go up. Because right now, doing it, doing it the way they're doing it right now, Attendance is down. So you can't tell me the way it's going is successful. And I don't want to, I don't, I mean, I'm always, I always want to be positive about the game. But you can't tell me three plus hours is helping ratings on radio or helping radio, helping ratings on television or helping attendance. I have the proof. It doesn't. Adapt or die. Baseball's got to figure something out. Get the ball, get on the mound, and throw it. Get your butt in the box and swing it. I mean, partially, everybody's trying to take so many pitches. Every at-bat lasts so long. 
They've got to figure something out. Somebody from the 510, two fa- 10 foul balls equals an out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is. Do something. Figure out that you got to juice baseball, too. Get rid of the juice baseball. Get a regular ball back in there so we're not, it's not like hitting a pinball, for God's sakes. Coming up next, Mark Kreidler, formerly of the Rise Guys. His son was just drafted by the Detroit Tigers. His son plays for the UCLA Bruins. They're going to be hosting the Michigan Wolverines in the Super Regional. And I'm sure he's a very proud papa. I haven't talked to him in a while. It's going to be a lot of fun to catch up with Krides. And he's a big baseball guy. Let's let's ask him. He's had a vote for the Hall of Fame for years. Let's ask him what he thinks about speeding up the game. Want to add to your collection of A's memorabilia but can't make it to the Coliseum? During every weekend home series, the Oakland A's Community Fund will hold a digital silent auction through the MLB Ballpark app. You can bid on rare memorabilia items, including baseballs, jerseys, bats, game-used equipment, and autographed items. Proceeds from the silent auction benefit the Oakland A's Community Fund and its initiatives in the community. Download the app at athletics.com slash ballpark app. Playing in Hero Town? It's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Day. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Day, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Chris Townsend for NestBetting.com. If you've been mattress shopping, you know the cost of a memory foam mattress is insane. And what do you know about the company that makes the mattress and the other one that sold it to you? Check out my friends at NestBetting.com, a local company that actually makes the mattress they sell right here in the USA, which means you get a high-quality memory foam mattress at half the cost, and shipping is always free. I love this company, local business, made in the USA, free shipping. Did I mention their lifetime guarantee? Mattress and bedding needs. Go to NestBetting.com betting.com the future is bright in oakland and the east bay 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the future a's program presented by kaiser permanente the club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues teams also receive additional benefits and support including development clinics tickets to a's games and more visit athletics.com future for more information Looking to understand what makes the A's tick? With weekly shows with manager Bob Melvin and general manager David Forst, now you get the inside scoop into the green and gold. Download A's Cast today or head to athletics.com slash podcast to get started. It's time to grab your reserved space in the popular Connie Mack Club. The club space gives your group a private area located in Shy Park Tavern for the entire ball game. The Connie Mack Club features access to outdoor seating and includes a pre-game buffet filled with our highest-end food package. This area of the ballpark is perfect for 30 to 50 guests to kick back, relax, and enjoy the game. For more information about the Connie Mack Club and other group offers, visit athletics.com slash groups. 
Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Remind me a little bit later to talk about the haves and the have-nots. There's some teams that are on some crazy paces right now. When we start talking about 112 wins, 111 wins, it is unbelievable. And it's not about big market, small market, because one of those teams is the Minnesota Twins. So they lost. How crazy is this? They lost yesterday. So going into yesterday's game, they they were on pace for 112 wins. And since they lost to the Indians, they're now on pace for only 110. (laughs) But, I mean, you look at the Dodgers, you look at the Astros, you look at the Yankees, you look at the Twins. You're talking about some teams that could be right. We could have quite a few teams with over 100 wins this year. It'll be very interesting. Well, I can tell you this. I know what it means for the parents when their son gets drafted. You think of all the trips to Little League and Pony League and Colt League and high school, dragging the family around to showcases. It is such a proud moment when your son gets drafted in Major League Baseball. And our next guest, I remember talking with him years ago at 95-7, the game about his son, and his son's going to play college baseball, and then next you know his son's at UCLA, and now his son's going to be a Detroit Tiger. He's truly one of the great guys in our business, radio. You think of uh, books that he's written, the writers, covered baseball for years, Mark Kreidler is with us here on Ace Cast Live with Chris Towns. And Krides, congratulations on your son going in the fourth round. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. It's pretty unbelievable. It's it's surreal. I'll tell you that. I'm on the I'm on the other side of the equation for once. It's very bizarre. Yeah, I mean, you covered baseball for years, and to think about covering it professionally, and now that your son is going to be a pro, and what a great run he and the UCLA Bruins are having right now. Oh yeah, they're still playing. I mean, it's it's been a blast. They you know they they've they've been solid and 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 really consistent uh, all year. And and as you know, because you've you've been through this, you played. Um, that doesn't even really mean much. I mean, they've been <laughs> they've been great, and now they're going to the super regional. They're hosting Michigan this weekend, and you know that's exactly what it implies. It's the best two out of three. You, something could go wrong, but but they're just they're good and they're deep. And they've got a great chance to get to Omaha. Yeah, what a year for him. You get drafted and you have a chance to play for the national championship. They're the number one seed, the number one team. Did did, did he have a good idea where he was going to go in the draft? Oh, no. I, I'll tell you what. That's something that, that I think if we're just talking about sort of the education of, of uh, being on the other side, Kelly, you have no idea. I mean, you, look, I, I'll take it back. If you're going in the top 10 picks or even the top 25, there's a really good chance that, that you, you know where you're going because the negotiations are a little bit more complicated. Um, and, and, you know, look, if you're in the top 10 rounds, you're, you're almost certainly not getting drafted unless there's at least some agreement um, that you'll sign. So it's, it, at some point you – I mean, Ryan had no idea. The answer to your question is no. He had no idea. You hear things. And, um, but he's got a, he's got a great advisor and, um, you know, and his advice was terrific, which was actually, it was actually to my wife and me, but his advice was stay off the internet. 
Um, and, and partly because the projections are just, you know, sometimes they're a little wrong and sometimes they're wildly wrong. And we had no, absolutely no idea whatsoever that the Tigers were interested and it all came together really fast and they moved. And it's it's such a strange time because here you are, you're getting your chance to live out your dream of getting drafted and playing professionally, but at the same time, you've worked so hard to win at the level that they have in college, and it seems like this could be a major distraction. And I think about UCLA, who had quite a few guys get drafted. Did you think it was kind of a distraction for that team when you're trying to get to the College World Series, but your mind's also on the draft? Oh, it, it was, I mean, I think they overcame it, but yeah, it was a hundred percent a distraction. So here's, here's what happened. Um, UCLA lost, uh, their second game in the regional to LMU and had to fight out of the losers bracket. And they were able to do that and force a, 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 a winner take all game on Monday night. So we're still in LA. It's Monday night's first day of the draft. The game's going to happen at 7 PM. Well, they had a kid go in the first round. Michael Tolia, it's actually Ryan's roommate. They've been best friends for four years. Um, and Tolia goes to the Rockies with the 23rd pick in the first round. The game hasn't started yet. He's in the dugout getting ready to play the most important game of the season. And he just found out, you know, that his life changed. And we're going crazy in the stands because we don't care. It's like we're celebrating with the family, of course. And Michael has to go play. You know what he did? He went and he made two errors in the first inning <laughs> on ground balls. He, his, his, he was an outer space. And there was another great moment during that game that I got to share with you. Uh, another one of Ryan's teammates, Chase Strump, a wonderful player, second baseman, was drafted by the Cubs in second round, 64th pick overall. Okay. He doesn't know, but he knows that today, that that day is supposed to be his day, right? So he doesn't know. He's at bat, gets drafted. Luckily for him, he didn't know yet. And this is a true sequence. He hit a three-run bomb on the next pitch after his name was called in the draft, out of total coincidence. Then, he, then his dad told him he'd been he rounds the bases. You know, they're pounding him uh, in the dugout because at that point they've got a lead that they know is probably going to hold up and they're going to move on. And his dad sticks his head down from the sands and tells him he's been drafted. So now he's in outer space. First thing he does is run out and make an error, like to start the next inning. No kidding. So that stuff all happened really fast. It's just, it's wild how it happens. Yeah, I, I heard an interview with Rick Monday, who was the first pick ever out of Arizona State with the uh, Kansas City Athletics. He was actually at Rosenblatt Stadium. They were down the right field line, and they were stretching, getting ready for the game, and the writers came down and said, hey, you were the number one pick. It just seems like uh, very odd times, but I, I'm so glad <laughs> yeah. that uh, – that the, the the Bruins overcame that, and that your son gets a chance. Because I mean, what came out, What a year! If you can go play for the national championship and get drafted in the same year, that 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 that, that that's just a dream season right there. Right, that's a peak peak experience, right? So they they hope that they'll get that chance. They've got a lot of work to do against a really good team this weekend. Um, but yeah, they they have a great chance to sort of have this all happen in one space, and I think. And we, we were counting a little bit uh, carefully, but either 11 or 12 uh, UCLA players have been drafted. So it's, you know, it, it's, I think if it were only a, a guy or maybe two guys, I suppose it's possible that they would be already looking ahead. But there's no way that they're going to look ahead because they have a chance to get to Omaha. 
and which is just an absolute dream for a college baseball player. Let's talk a little bit about Major League Baseball as you covered this game for many, many years, a Hall of Fame voter. I was just talking about the time of games. We're now averaging over three hours in Major League Baseball for a game. What do you think really could be done? Like, what could really be done to help shorten up these games? Well, look, you, you know, that's a great question, Tony. And this has been more or less a trend, right? I mean, it's it may, occasionally you'll have a year where the time of game doesn't lengthen, but for the most part, it's lengthened a little bit every year. So there's a couple things going on, in my opinion. And some you can control and some you can. One of them is, uh, you know, the, the game, the strategies evolved. Um, pitching changes are so much more common and multiple pitching changes. We used to make fun of Bochi for his pitching changes, but Bob Melvin's right there, right? I mean, he's a strategist. He's, he's going to play the cards that are dealt. So multiple pitching changes slows the game down, of course. Um, batters who excuse themselves from the box in between every pitch slows the game down. You can do something about some of that. Me personally, and I, I have no idea how you feel about this, but I've, I've, I signed off a long time ago on a pitch clock. I'm totally in favor of it. I've seen it work at college. I've seen it work at, at the minor leagues. It's easy. It, it's almost effortless. And Major League resists it a little bit, but, but it shouldn't. And all that does is put the ball back in play faster. I don't know if it's going to get you from 305 to 245. That's just, you know, that's a totally different conversation. But I, I put a pitch clock on the pitchers because here's what I know I can't do. Unless Major League Baseball decides to go to a different business model, when I go away in between innings, I'm staying away till all the commercials are played, right? I mean, this is how baseball makes its money. So th there are some there are some real real world limitations on what you can do, but within the scope of what how you can make someone feel when they're at the ballpark, put the ball in play faster. And what what I like about that idea is when you implement it in the minor leagues like they have these guys are already used to it when they're coming up. So the old guard, which is starting to go away, you can make changes because the changes that you made in the minor leagues, those guys are now big leaguers, but they're used to it. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. There's an, an not even not even the old old guard. There will be an awful lot of pitchers who would be a little bit distressed by it or annoyed by it. Um, but I just think you know, lots of times you make that decision for the. I don't know. I mean, the greater good might be putting it a little bit too dramatically, but sometimes you just make the decision and like, okay, I get it. Some pitchers are going to be very unhappy about this, but all you're trying to do is put the ball in play a little bit faster. What I noticed when they instituted it at AAA, and because we live near Sacramento, it's easy to go see a AAA game. I noticed it the first time I went as a fan, I was a little bit distracted, like, you know, hey, what's the clock doing out there? And then I forgot about it. And I'm being serious. I never thought about it again, ever. All I noticed was the game got going faster. As a fan, I loved it. So I, I'm completely on board. And look, I, I totally oppose anything else that affects game strategy. I think you should be able to change pitchers as often as you like. That's baseball, man. And it, and it evolves, just like the shift. Things evolve into the game, and then they evolve back out of the game, and pitchers make adjustments and hitters make adjustments. That's the game of baseball. If UCLA makes the College World Series, are you going to go back to Omaha? Oh, yeah, we booked it, baby. <laughs> yeah, we're all in. That's that's how it works. Oh, I love it. you got to bet. You got to bet with your heart. Uh oh, I, I love it. I'm rooting. I'm rooting for your son. I'm rooting for the Bruins. And when they get to <laughs> Omaha, we got to have you back on the program. 
Oh, you got it. That's a deal. That'd be that'd be a happy conversation. I promise. You are one of the best guys I've ever worked with, and I've been telling people that. Yeah, you're salt of the earth. It was it was wonderful working with you. Good luck to you to your son against Michigan, and hopefully we'll talk soon, my friend. Hey, thanks, Tony. That'd be a blast. I look forward to it, man. Mark Kreidler with us here on A's Cast Live. I really mean it. I'm just not buttering up. He's one of the nicest men uh, that I've ever worked with. And I said, there's, there's quite a few people I worked with that aren't the greatest people. He was definitely one of them. Are we going behind enemy lines? Are we getting the scouting report on the Angels? We're going to talk to Rhett Bollinger, who covers the Angels for MLB.com. I think Shohei Otani is a stud. And I can't believe people doubted that whether he could hit at the big league level. 6'4", 210". We already know what he can do as a pitcher. I mean, but, man, he's lightning fast. He is truly one of the most incredible players we've ever seen. We'll talk about it. And, of course, Mike Trout right here on A's Cast Live. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com slash community. That's athletics.com slash community. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or co-workers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the Terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you. From awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A's Stomping Ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2-2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A's Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. From sweet plans to single-game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. 
To learn more about A's Sweets, visit athletics.com slash sweets. That's athletics.com slash sweets. Now back to A's Cast Live. Broadcasting from the town, here's Chris Townsend. Do not forget, we will be giving away tickets at the top of the hour. We have another doozy for you. Rhett Bollinger is going to join us in moments to talk about the Angels. As it's going to be the opener tonight. Joaquin Soria, come on down. Cam Bedrosian, come on down. Doing the opener. The A's are 30 and 30, while the Angels are 29 and 32. And as we already established, I know a lot of you do not like the opener. But when the opener works, it's great. And we'll see who it will work for tonight. And then Thursday will be Mike Fires up against Tyler Skaggs as the A's need to start making some hay on this road trip. Back to 500. Two more in Anaheim, four in Texas, and three in Tampa. Do we have Red? Red, how are you doing? This is Chris Townsend with the Oakland Athletics. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. You know, last night I was talking about this on my postgame show. I remember there were scouts who doubted whether Shohei Otani could hit at the big league level. I'm now thinking, what the heck were they watching? This guy's phenomenal. Yeah, it is funny. I mean, I think it goes back to last year, especially in spring training. He had a rough showing there, uh, kind of a different even swing a little bit. He kind of had this bigger kind of, you know, late kick, I think. And sure enough, kind of later that spring started to kind of mute it a little bit. And sure, came into the season last year and came in hot and obviously has a lot of power. Uh, this year, you know, obviously coming off Tommy John, has been in back for about a month or so. He's starting to kind of get a little bit better feel right now, better timing. But yeah, you saw it last night. He has legitimate power, especially in the opposite field. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think the I think the first thing that I noticed about him that made me go wow is how fast he is for a guy that's six four. Exactly, he's a big guy and he can really move. You look at some of the sprint speed you can look at now on Statcast. Uh, he's one of the better runners on the team. Um, you know, right now it's kind of interesting. He's got that big kind of arm brace as he runs, so he's kind of trying to learn right now how to you know slide better into the bases without kind of you know obviously injuring his, his elbow. But, uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of speed, I mean, he's one of those guys, like you said, you know, being able to throw into the high 90s as a pitcher with an amazing splitter and then, you know, be able to hit the ball as far as he does and as hard as he does and be able to run. I mean, he really is a total package. It is pretty amazing. Yeah, we I honestly haven't seen anything like this since Babe Ruth. He, he, is, he is a special talent. But my, my next question about him is, okay, when you're coming back from Tommy John surgery, it's far different when you're actually a hitter and you're playing every day. What is the rehab like for him, and when do you think we will see him on the mound again? So he's still throwing um, about four times a week. He's on a throwing program. Uh, right now he's getting out. So he's gotten out to about 160 feet or so, so he's throwing uh, all on flat ground, uh, more progressed to the mound for a little bit. Um, so there's still some time. You know, he had the surgery last year, uh, you know, in October, so he won't return to the mound again until next April. Um, so I think the plan right now is this season as he's hitting, you know, he'll have his days here, we'll have his throwing program, uh, and then by the end of the season, you know, get him, get him off a mountain enough times that, you know, he'll be healthy enough that the spring, sorry, the off season will be like a normal one for him. He'll be able to have a normal off season, come back in spring and be healthy and ready to go. But the plan is just to get him through all the rehab just this season as he's also hitting as a DH. 
Yeah, it's uh, I can't you know can't wait to see him again because we know what a special talent he is on the mound. Not only what he is offensively, but on the mound. And we know that Albert Pujols understands the situation. For a guy that's as great as he is, he is a team first guy, and so he knows he's not going to play as much. And when I start thinking about Albert Pujols and the money that is left on his contract, how do you think this plays out with the slugger? It's a great question. It really is. It's hard to know exactly what will happen. This year, he's actually held up pretty well. You know, you weren't really sure because, you know, they brought in Justin Bohr, the guy to kind of compete with him at first uh, and get more playing time. Really, you thought about it was going to be kind of a platoon situation. Sure enough, Bohr really struggled. Now he's down at AAA, so Albert's getting most of the time at first base. He's got a rookie up here uh, and Jared Walsh, a guy who actually can pitch a little bit too um, and pitches mostly in blowouts. But, uh, but yeah, Pujols, going forward, it's hard to know. I mean, this year he's held up. He's been healthy. He's been, you know, effective enough as a hitter, not so much for a first baseman, but league average at least as a hitter. Uh, you know, he's still got two more years. At, you know, at some point, does, is, does he walk away? Does he try to play through it? Um, I think a lot of it's going to be dictated by injuries, though. If, if he can stay healthy and continue to be at least somewhat productive, I have a, you know, I have a feeling that he'll want to, you know, continue to play, obviously. Um, but, you know, if, if, if he becomes ineffective or does get hurt, and he's seen a lot of injuries in recent years with him, whether it's been – you know, his knees or his feet or, you know, his, his elbow. There's been enough stuff. You, you never know something could crop up. But I think as of right now, at least this season, the one thing that's been working out for him is he has stayed healthy. You know, you see guys that sign these big contracts and they start pressing. We've seen it with Chris Davis on our end and because everybody's trying to earn their contract with every single swing. It doesn't seem like Mike Trout's that kind of guy. Mike Trout is really starting to get hot. What has it been like for him since he did sign the biggest deal in Major League Baseball history? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, obviously signed that huge deal, had a pretty hot start to the year, had an incredible series against the Rangers. But really, I hadn't really seen anything like it in terms of a guy just put his entire team on his back. I think he had like five homers that series, absolutely dominated them uh, here in Anaheim. And then, you know, got hurt, had a little bit of an issue there. Uh, and center field, and center field kind of pulled his groin muscle uh, running the bases and, and couldn't play center field. So he missed some time. And when he came back, he only missed, you know, about five days or so. But when he came back, had some timing issues and then kind of got it going again and then kind of fell back in a little bit of a slump for Trout. And all of a sudden, like you said, now he's really starting to crush the ball again. So, you know, even though we've talked about some of these little mini slumps he's had this season, you look at his OPS and everything else this year, um, you know, and his ward, everything else, he, you know, all the ways you can kind of evaluate him. Um, he's just as good as ever. I mean, he's drawn a ton of walks. He's cut down on his strikeouts. Uh, he, you know, obviously when he hits the ball, he makes hard contact. You look at exit velocity. Um, so he's just a really tough out. Uh, but I think more than anything this year, though, especially before Otani came, I think a lot of teams were pitching him very cautiously and kind of walking him and pitching around him. Or I think now with Otani back, I think he maybe will get a little bit more uh, more to hit. I remember down in spring training, there were, you know, there was people thinking, oh, yeah, he's a New Jersey guy. He'll go back to the Yankees, maybe play for the Phillies. And I remember going into the team store at their facility down there in Arizona, and you walk in there, everything is Mike Trout. Every shirt, every hat. I'm like, there's no way they're letting this guy walk out of here. Yeah, they were never going to ever try. You know, obviously it was going to be up to him ultimately, but they were going to do whatever they could possibly do to keep him in the uniform, as you said. He's the face of the franchise. You know, he's going to end up being the best player in the franchise by, you know, a large margin. You know, could go down as obviously one of the greatest players ever if he continues at this pace, you know, the rest of his career. He's only 27 now. But as you know, he's locked up now for uh, 12 seasons all the way until he's 39. So it's pretty amazing to think of it that way as a contract. But, yeah, the organization couldn't be any happier. They decided to stay. For him, just kind of knowing him too personality-wise, 
Uh, he just liked the fit here. He always enjoyed being over here. Like you said, he's a, he's a, you know, a New Jersey guy, an East Coast guy, but the organization's always treated him really well. Um, you know, it's a little bit more laid back here than on the East Coast, too, even media-wise and just pressure-wise. Um, and I, even, I think it kind of fits him. He's, I think he just really enjoys it here. So to me, it wasn't a huge surprise, but I think nationally, I think a lot of people thought he might go East, but I think they really got to know him. Uh, it was never really that close to happening. Yeah, living in Orange County half the year is not a bad deal. Then go back home and you can go do all your Eagle games and get all that Jersey stuff that you love to do. I'm glad that he's going to stay because I it sucks from an A standpoint because he just hammers <laughs> the A's, but uh, he should be an angel for his entire career. Let's talk about a, a head-scratching move that was made this offseason to give Matt Harvey the deal. Matt Harvey now is saying that he's healthy and he doesn't have any symptoms from the upper back strain. How's this going with the franchise of Matt Harvey? Yeah, it has not gone well. As you said, signed him to a one-year deal, uh, one year and $11 million. You know, coming off last year, he was showing some positive signs, you know, with the Reds after the, you know, got rid of the, the Mets got rid of him. Um, was showing better velocity. His ERA was in the four. So it's not like they were hoping for, you know, a, an incredible Matt Harvey kind of season from when he was in the Mets and was an ace. But they thought they could at least get kind of league average uh, innings from him and potentially more if he really kind of took a step forward. Uh, but he's had a lot of health concerns. You know, he's had the Tommy John, and he had the thoracic outlet syndrome where he's had the rib removed and all that stuff. So he certainly had his fair share of injuries. But uh, the ineffectiveness this year has been really, you know, tough. He's been giving up a lot of hard-hit balls, falling behind in counts. His stuff isn't as good as it used to be, so he can't. Uh, get away with it as much, so when he's not locating, he gets hit hard. His last outing, he gave up, you know, four homers and eight runs to the Twins. Uh, it was a pretty ugly one. So right now, he's, you know, on the injured list with the back injury. He's going to make a start Saturday with Triple A Salt Lake. Um, I have a funny feeling they'll probably take their time with him and maybe have him make a couple starts there to kind of get his mechanics back in order, see if he can get it going. But yeah, I mean, at this point, even when he comes back, he's got a pretty short leash and has to prove it here pretty quick because so far it has not worked out. Hey, we appreciate the time and enjoy the game tonight. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Red Bollinger joining us, MLB.com. By the way, something very, very funny has just happened. Remember Herm Edwards, the old football coach? Think before you hit send. Wow. The Toronto Raptors, who are here to play game three of the NBA Finals, have tweeted out, was that their account? Oh, my God. So they got they got a picture of the Toronto team, and they're crossing the bridge ready to do battle. So obviously they're staying in San Francisco. But the problem is, what, Cody? Well, they're crossing the Golden Gate Bridge, which leads into Sausalito, not into <laughs> Oakland. So they're not going to cross the Bay Bridge. So it's a picture of the Raptors team on the Golden Gate Bridge, and above on, on the top of the Golden Gate Bridge, it says, We the North for their slogan for Toronto, and they're all sitting on the bridge, but they're going in the wrong direction. Oh, so Twitter's you. blowing up with different comebacks and everything, like, you know, Curry hitting three from Sausalito tonight. <laughs> Why are you going to Moran? There's a lot of good ones, creative ones. Playing at the Cow Palace, there's a lot, of, a lot of good stuff out there right now on Twitter. Oh, our friends from the North. I can't believe they put the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> there is somebody right now in Toronto who is taking a ton of heat in their social media department in Toronto. There's somebody who's taking who's who's take and and once again once it's out there you can't take it back. It's out there.
we found out uh, going to be going to Canada soon. Raiders going to be playing in Winnipeg preseason against uh, the Packers. I've never been to Canada. Looking forward to it. Yeah, that's a pretty dumb move. It is funny, though. <laughs> Getting ready for battle. Where are you going? <laughs> You're going to Sausalito? <laughs> I saw this note, by the way. God, where was it? Like, from a gambling standpoint, literally Toronto has no chance. Like, they have, like, zero chance to win this series. This would be, like, like the most historic upset of all time. The only time, like, the, the way the numbers are, the way the Warriors are favored where a team actually won was the Detroit Pistons. I want to say it was an 0-4 against the Lakers. Is that 0-4? It's a long time ago. Literally, the only team that you're ever going to see win an NBA title that doesn't have one Hall of Famer. Chauncey Billups not going to be a Hall of Famer. Tayshawn Prince, Rip Hamilton, none of those guys. Every other team you've ever seen win an NBA title had either one or multiple Hall of Famers. So that was a pretty big that was a pretty big upset. All right, we got tickets to give away and we got to hear from the skipper, Bo Mel, the Bob Melvin show all coming your way right here A's Cast Live. The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information. Looking to understand what makes the A's tick? With weekly shows with manager Bob Melvin and general manager David Forst, now you get the inside scoop into the green and gold. Download A's Cast today or head to athletics.com slash podcast to get started. Who doesn't love a good happy hour? The Cornerstone gives your group a unique happy hour experience. The area treats up to 40 to 50 guests with a package that includes food and beverage along with an intimate pregame experience. Plus, the experience comes with an awesome seating option that we can build to fit your needs. To learn more about the Cornerstone and other unique group experiences, visit athletics.com slash groups. Athletics.com slash groups. Want to add to your collection of A's memorabilia but can't make it to the Coliseum? During every weekend home series, the Oakland A's Community Fund will hold a digital silent auction through the MLB Ballpark app. You can bid on rare memorabilia items, including baseballs, jerseys, bats, game-used equipment, and autographed items. Proceeds from the silent auction benefit the Oakland A's Community Fund and its initiatives in the community. Download the app at athletics.com slash ballpark app. Playing in Hero Town? It's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Day. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Day, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Looking to take A's cast on the road with you on your next jog or road trip? Head over to athletics.com slash podcasts and you can download episodes of Taking Effect, Green and Gold History, A Season on the Road, and more. Visit athletics.com slash podcasts today. It's time to grab your reserved space in the popular Connie Mack Club. 
The club space gives your group a private area located in Shy Park Tavern for the entire ball game. The Connie Mack Club features access to outdoor seating and includes a pre-game buffet filled with our highest-end food package. This area of the ballpark is perfect for 30 to 50 guests to kick back, relax, and enjoy the game. For more information about the Connie Mack Club and other group offers, visit athletics.com slash groups. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. and Mike Fires has thrown his second no-hitter. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! Hits one out. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. All right, we're going to have the Bob Melvin Show for you in moments, but it's now time to win some tickets. And the way you win tickets is you got to text in at 510-897-1322. That's 510-897-1322. All right, Commander Cody, what is the trivia question for today? Okay, so I saw this earlier, and it was pretty interesting, so I wanted to bring it up and see if our listeners can figure out who this, what this team, who this team is. Which team is last in Major League Baseball in converting ground balls into outs? I'll read it again. Which team is last in Major League Baseball in converting ground balls into outs? They're at an all-time historic low. I'll, I'll give you that little hint right there. That's not an easy question. It's, it's not. You got, thir- you, got, you got 30 teams to guess. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a clue. It's not the A's. So they'll take their so, so 29. 29. You got 29 guesses. 510-897-1322. That's 510-897-1322. Who struggles with turning ground ball ground balls into outs? That's correct. At a horrific number. Yeah, they're on pace for the lowest rate and it's in it for they're on pace for the lowest rate for a team in a season since they began tracking this 10 years ago. Wow, that's bad. I would just say there's certain records that I would look at. I'd go from there. I doubt, you know, I'll give you another one. I doubt it's not the Houston Astros. So now you're down to 28. That's correct. The Astros are not teams. one of them. It's not the Strohs and it's not the A's. It's now time for the skipper, Bob Melvin. It's now time for the Bob Melvin Show, brought to you by nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. And, Bob, great to get a victory last night and get back into the win column and get rid of that uh, losing streak. Yeah, no doubt. You know, when you come off winning 10 in a row and then all of a sudden you lose five in a row, it doesn't feel too good. So, you know, I, I think not only we win yesterday, we played a really good all-around game. Uh, you know, we've been in a lot of these games and, and come up short toward the end of them. So it was nice to be able to get some good relief uh, toward the end of the game and some big hits along the way. You did say, and I agree with you, is that you've been in all these games, whether you take the winning streak or the losing streak, you've been in all these games. It's not like you've been getting roughed up and getting blown out. And that's the one thing when I think about the five losses that in all five losses, you've been in all these games. Yeah. And, it, you know, you have to take some solace from that. 
you know, Aaron Brooks is a long guy in our bullpen. You would think during a stretch like this, at some point in time, he'd get in a game, whether it's when you're way ahead or, or, or you know, considerably behind. But we, you know, it, it kind of just shows you we, we've been in so many of these games that he hasn't even pitched. So uh, the bullpen's been worked a little bit differently depending on who needs a day off. Uh, there have been some pretty extreme workloads in the bullpen, so it was nice to be able to do it a little differently last night and still get a win. How tough is it to manage a bullpen in, in, in today's era versus when you first started as a manager? Well, you know, it's, it is a little more difficult based on the fact that, you know, if you're looking at it objectively, I guess, with the starting pitching these days, you you don't want them – you know, third, maybe a fourth time around the lineup, the numbers would show it gets a little dicey then. And now you're you're working a bullpen a little bit more. And when you're you're playing the games that we have here recently, and now you're playing an extra inning games, you're having to go with guys for, you know, you're used to pitching one inning and you have to go two innings with these guys. So it is a little bit differently, but you have to acclimate. That's just kind of where the game has gone. And talk about the emergence of Liam Hendricks, who – Obviously, you know, you use as the opener. This is a guy that last year was DFA. Next thing you know, he's starting in the playoff game. And right now, it looks like you're going to start using him in really key situations late in the game. Yeah, this has been, you know, probably the best he's pitched. Uh, you know, and that role last night was, was kind of new for him. We've kind of been incrementally moving him back some and giving him a uh, responsibility late in games and then you know we, we want to give Lou Trevino a, an extra day yesterday so all of a sudden the eighth inning pops up and not only does he have to pitch the eighth he has to pitch against the you know the top of their lineup uh, so it, it was a little bit different for him but he came through it yesterday and becoming more, like you said a more more prominent role in our bullpen. How key was it yesterday to be able to give Lou, Tre- Lou Trevino more time? It was because you know, he felt good enough to pitch, but, you know, we probably don't have Blake tonight, you know, based on his workload. And, and we, we don't want to go into games where we don't have either of those guys. So I think it worked well that, that we did, we're able to give him a day off. And, and, you know, he's been pitching quite a bit, one plus and two innings, which is, which can be tough when you're doing that often. Um, so, you know, we'll have him available tonight and probably Blake down. So, you know, you have to cycle these guys in and out based on the workloads. How about Frankie Montas? We were talking about in spring training with you, whether he was going to make the rotation or not. He has been your best starter. What's it been like for you as a manager to watch this guy grow? Yeah, it's been great. And, and you know, I've always been a big fan of his. You know, you, you look at the stuff and, you know, he's got movement with 97, 98. And it was all about coming up with some off-speed stuff and, and being less predictable with the fastball. And that's exactly what he's done. And now you see you know, a guy with, with a great ability, having the confidence, you know, that, that he has right now and, and pitching, you know, as well as really anybody in the American league to an extent. So he, he's kind of been our, our, our most consistent guy. And, and you, you understand it once you see the stuff, you know, he does all the other things too. He shuts down the running game. He's quick to the plate, which, you know, you, some of the starters have difficulty doing that. There's just a lot of intangible, intangible things that he does, you know, along with, uh, with obviously the plus stuff. And, and, and last night, that battle against Mike Trout was just epic. Two warriors going after it. What is it like for you managing against Mike Trout, who really is probably one of the best players you've ever competed against? Yeah, it's tough. You always know where he is in the lineup. And, and you, you, it's the one guy in their lineup you want to make sure doesn't have a chance to beat you. You know, sometimes it doesn't work out that way where you have to pitch to him. But 
you know, with Otani behind him, and he's he's you know a pretty good little hitter himself and hits from the left side. Um, you know, sometimes it's difficult to do, but it, it, that that matchup really wore him out. You know, it was 13 pitches, and he was cruising along pretty good to that point. And I wasn't really even thinking about bullpen in the seventh at that time. I was going to let him pitch the seventh. Um, but then that 13 pitches, then Otani goes deep. You know, he kind of wore him out a little bit. And Otani got a good pitch to hit. Calhoun lines out. So it was time for Frankie to come out of the game. But, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, in a bat like that, out of a guy like that, you know, you end up putting him on base, but you're just glad he didn't get a, a ball in the zone that he could hit out of the ballpark. You know, it's shocking to me when you when you talk about Otani, you know, there were scouts who are like, I don't know if he can hit at this level. And now that we've watched him at 6'4", He's about two ten. Can run. I, I, he is legit, and you we 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 know what he did as a starting pitcher. But talk about Otani as an offensive player. I can't believe there are scouts who thought he couldn't hit at this level. No, he definitely can. Hits right in the middle of the order, hitting in the two spot, and has Mike Trout's back, and it makes Mike Trout better uh, to have somebody like that. And you know, I was a little skeptical. Come on, you know, a guy coming to the to the you know the major leagues and. He's going to be a, a, a two-way star. You know, we really haven't seen that. But we also saw him almost throw a no-hitter against us and then emerge uh, to the hitter that he is with power and patience and the whole bit. So he's the real deal. And, you know, at some point in time, they're going to get him back on the mound. They're going to be a lot better because of it. Ramon Laureano has the longest hitting streak in baseball. He has the longest on base streak in baseball. What is it about Ramon Laureano where the light seems to have turned on for him offensively? Well, it was just making some adjustments. And in the second year has always been the most difficult. You know, last year looked pretty easy for a rookie coming in, doing the things that he was doing for us, both offensively and defensively on the base path. You know, he helps you win games a lot of different ways. And then you come into that second season, now they're pitching you a little bit differently. They're not giving you good balls to hit. They're trying to see if you'll chase. And if you do, uh, they're not going to throw the ball in the zone to you. So, you know, it's all about him making them throw it in the zone, making the adjustment he's doing right now, and his talent level's taking over. So he's he's a pretty special kid. Yeah, I think about your outfield defense. What a luxury that is when you think of what – Ramon Laureano does covering so much ground and even like Steven Piscotti with the huge catch in the sixth inning yesterday. Talk about your, we, we've talked a lot about your infield defense because the gold gloves talk about your outfield defense. It's been spectacular this year. It really has. And it, you know, it started with us bringing Ramon in last year, um, you know, to have a true center fielder who, you know, obviously with the cannon for an arm, you don't see guys throwing, throwing guys out a lot from center field. It's the most difficult position to do it. And I think Steven's really underrated as an outfielder in right field. He's made so many big catches for us. And and yesterday's kind of apropos the way he's played for us since he's been here. And you know what? Robbie Grossman's done a nice job in left field for us too. And Chad Pinder is a terrific outfielder. You know, we have Mark Canna that can play center and give Ramon a day off. So, you know, it's, it's, it's defense, the totality of, of, of our defense that, that I think, uh, maybe gets overlooked a little bit. You know, you look at the infield and you see the gold gloves and what Marcus has done and then, you know, kind of overshadows the outfield play some. We have some guys that can really cover some ground, do a good job out there. How tough is it for you? You just mentioned two guys, Chad Pender and Mark Canna. How tough is it for you to get them the at-bats they probably should get? Yeah, it is tough. And, and it really it's just a luxury to have guys like that you know, that probably could in other spots could play every day. You know, we target them at least right now uh, to give some guys some days off against righties. But, 
but be our lefty killers. And we just haven't seen many lefties here recently. And that's why, you know, at least in Chad's case that he hasn't played a whole lot, you know, it's tough to do. You don't want him to go too long without getting some reps, but it starts to loosen up for him starting tomorrow. And then when we have the four games in Texas, uh, it looks to be all righties right now, but Chad's going to get in a couple of those games because we're not going to play everybody in the doubleheader as well. And we'll try to give some days off. So uh, it loosens up some for him. Mark was great in taking over for Chris Davis, but the, the schedule starts to, to work in his direction here coming up too. So uh, it's just nice to be able to have two guys like that, that you can either plug in off the bench during the game, or, or you know you're not going to lose a whole lot starting them. Let's end on this. I, I think about your ball clubs, and when you've had really good teams, they've really taken off in June. How big is this road trip for your team as we're right in the heart of June right now? Yeah, you know, I think just for us to play a little bit more consistently, you know, last road trip, based on the one that we had before that, which was terrible, I think we we, we kind of knocked away some of the demons from the, the previous road trip, had a good road trip last time. You know, and we, we started off good at home and, and didn't play very well toward the end. So I think we're, we're just trying to put the, the five-game losing streak from the rearview mirror, um, play a little bit more consistently, and that probably starts with this road trip. And then I think every road trip, you know, is, it, we'll be talking about the same thing as the season goes along. Great stuff, Bob. We appreciate it. We'll see you down at Anaheim. All right, Tanny. Thanks. The Bob Melvin Show brought to you by nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. Eno Saris is going to join us at 5.30 for Adapt or Die. We're going to be doing some analytics. But coming up next, eight records that could be broken this season right here on A's Cast Live. If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you. From awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A's stomping ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2-2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. Chris Townsend for nestbedding.com. If you've been mattress shopping, you know the cost of a memory foam mattress is insane. And what do you know about the company that makes the mattress and the other one that sold it to you? Check out my friends at nestbedding.com, a local company that actually makes the mattress they sell right here in the USA, which means you get a high-quality memory foam mattress at half the cost, and shipping is always free. I love this company, local business, made in the USA, free shipping. Did I mention their lifetime guarantee? Mattress and bedding needs. Go to nestbedding.com betting.com looking to take a's cast on the road with you on your next jog or road trip head over to athletics.com slash podcasts and you can download episodes of taking effect green and gold history a season on the road and more visit athletics.com slash podcasts today now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat drink and cheer the a's right from these amazing new half moon tables with awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. 
So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the Terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Hey kids, have you ever wanted to run the bases like your favorite A's player? Well, here's your chance. Children ages 14 and under can come onto the field following most Sunday home games and race around the bases with A's mascot Stomper there to cheer them on. Make sure to pack your running shoes so you can show off your speed. Race Around the Bases is brought to you by the Oakland A's Community Fund. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Now back to A's Cast Live. Broadcasting from the town, here's Chris Townsend. Wow, Commander Cody, you've uh, you've stumped the audience. No one has gotten it right. The number is 510-897-1322. That's 510-897-1322. Who's the worst at fielding ground balls in big league baseball? Who struggles the most with the ground ball and not turning it into an out? Which franchise? No one has gotten it yet. When I first heard it earlier, it blew my mind because it wasn't the team I was thinking of. It was another team I was thinking because I know how bad this team has been defensively, but it's uh, it, we heard it from a guy we both like a lot, Paul Hemakides from from uh, Get Up. That's where I got it from. Hembo does a great job with stats, and some of his trivia questions that he has, well, I turn into trivia questions. It's it's great stuff. So you know, expect more of this. These tickets are great tickets, and we're not just going to give them away to anyone. You got to earn it, baby. Who is that team? Eno Saris is going to join us here in moments. Eight records that teams could break in 2019. Number one, the Twins could have the highest slugging percentage ever. They're slugging 5'11 right now. I mean, you're talking about the 27 Yankees. You're talking about you're talking about some teams that they could break this record. Slug 5'11 for a season? My God. I mean, they're on pace right now. Let me go to my notes here. I had this in my notes. They're on pace to obliterate the home run record that was set by the Yankees last year. You ready for this? The Twins lead the majors with a 273 average, 111 home runs, 849 OPS. They're averaging 5.9 runs per game. And they are on pace for 305 home runs. The record was set last year by the Yankees at 267. That's just not beating a record. That's obliterating a record. You've heard me harping on the juice ball. So that's record number one that could fall. Record number two. The Angels have the lowest adjusted strikeout rate on record today. They are striking out only 16.3% of their plate appearances, by far the lowest in baseball. 
That's kind of getting back in vogue, by the way. And Mark Kreidler, Krides was on earlier, and I think he said it great. You know, things happen in baseball. It adjusts. Things come in. Things go out. Styles of play. And when we've seen record strikeouts, what we're starting to see with certain teams is they're not striking out anymore. Like the L.A. Dodgers, they're not striking out. Cody Bellinger, not striking out. Angels, contact is in. You know who makes a lot of contact? The Minnesota Twins. Number three, Astros pitchers have the lowest average and on-base per, on percentage against on record. So their pitching staff is absolutely dominant. You're not hitting them. They're not putting people on. And by the way, their record, if they if they do this, they're going to be breaking their own record. That's how good the Astros pitching has been. Number four, Rays pitchers have the lowest adjusted ERA in AL history. Nobody is even close, not even the Astros. The next closest because right now, the lowest adjusted ERA for the Rays of 3.10 is the best in the majors. The next closest is the Astros at 3.37. Another record. And this one, I wonder how this is going to play out. The Kansas City Royals are plunking people at a historic rate. They're on pace to hit 99 batters this year. The previous record was held by everybody's favorite, the old Devil Rays. Not the Rays, the Devil Rays. The Devil Rays hit 95 guys in 2003. One more than the 2012 Devil Rays, who hit 94. Why is that interesting? Well, even though this game is getting softer, you hit a lot of guys, you're going to get into a lot of fights. Summertime is going to come around, and it gets hot and humid, and people get cranky. And if you're up there nailing dudes, we could see some fisticuffs with the Kansas City Royals. But, I mean, think about it. You play 162 games, and you're going to hit 99 guys? I mean, that's putting so many people on base. You're going to have to look out how many walks they got, too, because obviously they're wild as heck. The Angels, number six, are on pace to throw more wild pitches than any team ever. Let's just face it. Angels pitching isn't very good. But they're, they're looking, they're on pace to shatter the record. So the Angels have 38 wild pitches, the most of any Major League Baseball team, seven more than the Orioles. That puts them on pace for 104 wild pitches. That would top the record of 98 set by the 2016 Houston Astros. That's crazy. That's 104 wild pitches in a game in, in a season. 
Number seven, the Dodgers. Dodgers pitchers have the lowest adjusted walk rate in NL, in NL history. They do not walk people. Dodger pitchers have walked 2.26 batters per nine innings. That's better than the Padres, who are second. The major league average is 3.38. So if you're going to beat the Dodgers, you got to be swinging it because they're throwing strikes. And number eight. So the eight things that could be broken this year in Major League Baseball. The Red Sox could become the first team to have zero bunt hits in a season. The A's were flirting with that last year, if you remember, until Jed Lowry got hit, got the first bunt hit of the season on August 24th. That, to me, with all the shifting going on, how do you not have one bunt hit within the first week, first couple weeks? They're giving they're they're giving you free hits. How do you not have a bunt hit? But that was like the A's last year. They didn't have one until Jed Lowry did it. The Red Sox have only put down eight bunts this year. All sacrifices. Though there are three teams with even fewer. That's one of the pet peeves for me on the postgame show, by the way. When people call up about bunting. No one bunts anymore. Will that trend ever come back? I don't know. But no one bunts. No one bunts at any level. It's a grip it and rip it league. Are you ready to get smarter? We're going to get smarter. It's adapt or die. Eno Saris from The Athletic is going to join us. We're going to get all baseball geeked out here and get into some analytics right here on A's Cast Live. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com community. That's athletics.com community. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com premium today. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. From sweet plans to single-game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. 
To learn more about A's Sweets, visit athletics.com slash sweets. That's athletics.com slash sweets. Playing in Hero Town? It's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Day. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Deck, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Free parking, free drinks, and maybe even your favorite A's players flying into your lap. The Field Box is a great way to entertain clients or enjoy a game with your family and friends. Located next to each dugout, now is your time to get in on the action right from the field. To learn more about the Field Box and other premium seating options, visit athletics.com premium or call us at 510-638-GO-A's. That's 510-638-4627. 510-638-4627. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. I didn't realize your, your question was going to be so tough. Still no one's got it. No one's gotten on Twitter. No one's got on the text line. Someone, someone, someone responded. We told you it's not Oakland. It's not Oakland. It's not Houston. Who is the worst at fielding ground balls and getting outs in Major League Baseball? The first person to guess it will win my tickets. It's not the A's. It's not the Astros. Should we give them a little more hint? Think uh, NL East. NL East. Think of an NL East Think team. East Coast. <laughs> we've just taken half of the we've just taken half of the league out of it. Are we ready for a little adapt or die? You got your fancy new open, Cody. I know you're very excited. Let's do this. It's time for Adapt or Die on A's Cast Live. You don't put a team together with a computer, Billy. Oh yes, you do. Our buddy Eno Saris from The Athletic joins us here on A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. Eno, how are we? I'm doing good today. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's always great having you on because we always get smarter when we have you on, and we learn about beer. So we get smarter and beer. That's why I love having you on. <laughs> yeah, it's a good combination. So I, 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 I want to – not everybody knows analytics, right? And you're somebody that is well-versed in analytics. So I, I, I want to teach people. So what I'd like to do with you is take one analytic that you think is very important and explain to us why the analytic is important and why teams need to look at this analytic. Well, I've got one that I like, and uh, I'll just – there's two flavors of it. And I'll just tell you the, the two flavors. One's called OPS plus, And then the other one's called WRC plus. They basically try to do the same thing, which is sum up a player's offensive performance, but adjust it for uh, not only the league that they're in, but the park that they play in. Uh, so that helps you understand a little bit better how you can compare someone who plays in San Francisco 
or in Colorado uh, or, you know, wherever. Uh, and so that helps put them all on a level playing field. And what I also like about it is it's easy to say if you don't use all the alphabet, you can say his offense was 20% better than league average, uh, which I think, you know, that makes sense. You're like, oh, okay, I get that. I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, because I, I like when you start using numbers that adjust to where you play and who you play against. It, it seems more fair. Yeah, and it's uh, sometimes it's, it goes too far. Like I, you know, there's something that's hard about playing in Denver uh, that isn't captured by the numbers. So, so when you're in Denver, you see a lot of fastballs because nobody's bendy stuff breaks. And then when you go on the road, you see a bunch of, of junk uh, compared to what you see at home. And so you, if you're a hitter in, in Colorado, there's a lot of hitters who've left Colorado who've done surprisingly well after they left to Colorado, like Matt Holliday. Um, I don't know. I can't think Dexter Fowler. There have been other players that people thought, oh, he's not going to be any good after he leaves uh, Denver. So Denver is just a problem on its own. At the same time, we know that someone playing in Oakland, uh, Seattle, San Francisco, they deserve a little bit of extra credit for doing well in those in those situations. You know, someone brought up to me one time, and I, I found this pretty interesting, about Colorado, is playing in elevation is tougher than playing at sea level, and you can get injured more playing at elevation. And I've heard this not only for baseball, we've also heard it for the NBA and the National Hockey League and the NFL. There is something to be said about staying healthy like Todd Helton and playing all those games, Arenado playing all those games up in elevation. Yeah, I think I would have my guys sleep in, in hyperbaric chambers or something if I could afford it because, you know, one of the things they say is that they sleep way better on the road. That's another thing. If you go to elevation, anybody who's gone camping or whatever will notice that, you know, it's harder to sleep at elevation. So, you know, players will actually do workouts. They'll plan their workouts when they land in San Francisco or in San Diego because they know they'll sleep well that night and recover well. And then they, when they get home, sometimes they don't work out because they're trying to avoid getting hurt and not recovering well. Uh, when they're in Denver. So it's a whole thing that's like really hard to deal with. And they really have a lot uh, to overcome to, to be a good team. Well, it looks like we have breaking news in Major League Baseball, and we've been wondering where Keiko and Kimbrell are going to go. And Ken Rosenthal uh, from Your Athletic is, is breaking the news that the Cubs have signed free agent closer Craig Kimbrell pending a physical sources tell the athletics. So what do you think about that move for Joe Madden and the Cubbies? It's good. They've been having a lot of trouble in the bullpen uh, and they've got, they're in a dogfight of a division. Somebody is going to come out of that division, winning that division with 90 wins probably. Um, and they've got to stay ahead of St. Louis and Milwaukee. And uh, I think, you know, it's weird that it kind of has something to do with Ben Zobris being away from the team and saving them money. But um, at the same time, you know, good kudos for them for going out and getting a, a shut him down closer and trying to shorten the game that way. Yeah, it was pretty bizarre that and I, and I and I guess you can price yourself out. But historically, this guy has been one of the best closers we have ever seen. And and, and when we first started Ace Cast Live, we had it on uh, Tr Blake Trinan and Lou Trevino. And when I brought up Kimbrell not having a job, obviously Trinan knows him. They're on the all-star team together. And he was just like, 
he was pretty miffed about it. Trina was not happy about it. So I'm glad this guy finally has a job because he truly has been one of the best closers we've ever seen. And I'm sure that his demands were in line with what happened in the past. And, you know, yes, okay, maybe the, the market is changing a little bit. Maybe they misread it. But, like, wasn't there, weren't there some teams that came back and said, we're not going to give you Chapman's deal, but we'll give you, you know, Chapman's deal minus a few million? Like, wasn't that on the table? And, and if it was, why wasn't it? Because Chapman and Kimbrell have been the two best relievers in baseball, you know, over the last few years. So uh, I'm really, I was kind of, I didn't understand that one. And there's some people have talked about velocity loss. There's been virtually no velocity loss for Craig Kimbrell. He lost maybe uh, a quarter tick uh, last year. And compared to where he was early in his career, he's actually up. So, you know, he still throws 97, still has a great breaking ball. I, I don't I don't see the problem. Yeah, and someone said this to me, and it's really resonated with me, that baseball may be the only sport that truly doesn't put their best 25 guys out on the field. Like, you'd never see that in football or basketball as, as they'll hold guys in the minor leagues because they don't want to start their clock. It's like there's teams in baseball that just don't put out the very best effort, and it's mind-blowing to me. Yeah, I think there's a couple things going on. I mean, some of that, like you've alluded to with the minor leaguers, that has to do with the CBA and stuff. But there's other things going on, which is just that – because of TV money and there's great national TV money and then local TV money. And because of that TV money, teams can be profitable before they ever get any, a single person to attend a game. So they don't have the same impetus to put a team out there that'll win because that that'll just cost more money, you know? Uh, so there are, I think there are teams that are, that have a tighter budget than you'd expect. Um, and, uh, and so therefore are not necessarily putting, uh, the best teams out there. So it's definitely a problem. So when you look at the central now, the Cubs are tied with the Brewers and winning percentage Cardinals are three back pirates are five back reds are five and a half back. So it's a really tight division. Do you think adding Kimbrell will put the Cubs over the top? I, yeah, I was. I always thought it was super close. I I like the Cardinals going into the season, but you know they've had some trouble. They're going to call up Alex Reyes, this kid, fireballing kid. That's one of the better prospects in the minors. And if he if he puts it together, they could have what they need. I mean, they have their own guy throwing 102 or whatever uh, in the bullpen and Jordan Hicks. So you know the Cardinals are very good. The Brewers are you know somehow amazing. I I always look at that team and say I have no idea how they're doing it. You know, it's like they've got a couple good players. I mean, yes, Christian Yellick is great. But then, you know, how many other great players do they have? Uh, and yet they somehow just put everybody in position to win. You know, so it's th- going to be a really tough year. You know, and I think about bullpens year to year. It's just so hard to gauge. I mean, you look how historic the A's were last year and how historic Blake Trinan was, and then now you look at this year. Have you ever really looked into that, how tough it is to to maintain a good bullpen year after year? Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the things that's that's so true is that uh, when you're evaluating a reliever, you're evaluating somebody that threw 50 or 60 innings last year. And if that was their first year that was that they were good, that's the only 50 or 60 innings you have to work off of. Anthony Swarzak got a three-year deal from the Mets because he jumped up in velocity uh, in his last stop. And, you know, he's had trouble since, and he kind of dropped back down to his old velocity. 
So all, and then if you look at the Rockies, the Rockies went and signed like four or five relievers in one offseason. Wade Davis is still pretty good, but he's hurt. And a lot of the other guys didn't work out at all. And some of those, like Brian Shaw, had a long track record of being good. So, yeah, that's the hardest thing about about relievers is just knowing who's going to be good uh, year after year after year. That's why the guys like Kimbrell and Chapman get a lot of money because they've proven they can be good every year um, as opposed to, you know, guys that sort of pop up. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, I think teams also think that they can turn – their starters and the minors that are not making it into relievers. They can find relievers. They can minor league invite some guys and find out who's throwing 95 this year and, and put it together. Uh, but you know, one thing about the A's is they've, they've always gone out and added relievers. I mean, that's one thing that, you know, Billy has said, it's an easy way for me to spend the small amount of money I have to improve my team in any given year. Um, so, you know, they're finding their way through it right now. Uh, with Blake taking a tiny step back and, and Trevino trying to find it. Uh, but Trevino's got great stuff, and I have confidence in him. I think this bullpen will turn it around. Eno Sears from The Athletic joins us here at AceCast Live with Chris Townsend. And one thing I really wanted to talk to you about is with the draft and looking at what the Houston Astros are doing, where the Astros are scaling back on scouts. They're basically just paying people to go out and videotape the players that they're interested in. How do you feel about Jeffrey Liu now, his approach? And we know that his tree, guys under him, are now ending up in different organizations. Is, is this going to change scouting forever? It might. And what's happening also on top of that is the kids are wearing all these sensors, these bat sensors, and they're, they're actually playing in front of a lot of the same tracking systems that the major leaguers play in front of. So they'll be track man at different showcases and they'll tell, they'll tell teams, how hard does this guy hit the ball? How, you know, what, in what angles does he hit the ball? Uh, in some certain cases, you'll get some stuff about bat speed and you'll get to, you'll really learn uh, all the sort of metrics that you get for major leaguers are starting to get for you know, 12, 13, 14 year olds. I mean, this, this is how it's like, what it's like these days. So if you've gotten all those metrics, uh, then, and you, and then you get video, they, I think they think that they understand the, the sort of biometrics, the, the, the body, the movements of the body that make you good. Uh, and so they can say, well, we'll just have a bunch of guys look at the video in house that know what body movements are good. And then, uh, and then we'll know what we need to know without having a ton of scouts out there. But I think what they're going to miss, is, you know, there's this guy, Williams of Studio, um, who has been really good for, for the Twins. And he's kind of like short, and he's not maybe the best catcher in the world. He doesn't have a great power or discipline, but he can put bat to ball like nobody else. I mean, he has more homers and strikeouts in his career, and he has like five homers. So this is a guy that won't show up on your regular scouting list, won't and will fall through the cracks, and it takes people going to places and seeing them uh, to find them and to say, you know what, he's weird looking, but it's going to work. Uh, and so I, I still think there's a big place for scouts in the game. You know, makeup is hugely important. I talked to Zach Greinke about this a lot. Greinke and Jake Odorizzi are these two pitchers, you know, that were drafted because they could throw 94. Odorizzi threw a slider back then. Now he's a, a fastball a splitter guy. And he's a totally different pitcher than he used to be. Greinke added Felix's power change, and he's a totally different pitcher than when he was drafted. How do you know that those guys are going to learn those things? How do you know ahead of time 
that those guys are going to be the kind of people that say, hey, I'm going to learn this pitch. I'm going to do the most I can to get out of what, what I have. So I think that's something you see if you send a scout to watch. Nothing like checking out the spin rate and the spin efficiency of a 16-year-old, right? <laughs> that's right. And, and, and we're starting to get all those numbers. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I, I can't imagine being the father of a teenager right now and making decisions about, you know, should he wear the bat sensor? Or should he let everybody know what his spin rate is and his exit velocity is right now at 14? Oh, it's unbelievable. Eno, you are the best. Thank you so much for stopping by. We truly appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. It's always fun. Eno Saris from The Athletic. You ready for a little buying or selling in the program? It's time for buying or selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. Eno's good. Oh, Eno's one of my favorites. That's why I'm glad he, I'm glad he was our first guest on Adapt or Die. Adapt Ace or Cast Die. Live. All right, well, let's start this. We only got a couple minutes left. Uh, buying or selling this? Braves rookie Austin Riley will become a better will be a better major leaguer than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Austin Riley is 22, has appeared in 18 games and has nine home runs already. Vlad Guerrero has played in 32 games and has only six home runs. Buying or selling, Austin Riley will be a better major leaguer than Vlad Guerrero Jr. Yeah, they're comparing him to Troy Gloss. I'm going to sell. I'm still going to go with bad Vlad Jr. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think Vlad's going to have a better career, but the, what Austin Riley's doing at 18 games, he's in a home run every other game, which is unheard of, but I'm with you. Vlad's going to be I mean, he's a father, a son of a, a Hall of Famer, so I think he'll have the better career. The only thing I worry about with uh, bad Vlad Jr. is his weight. Yeah, he's going to end up being a DH. That's one thing I've always heard about him is he's going to end up becoming a DH because he's going to he's going to get too round to play third base. He's, and he's built gonna, like a linebacker. Yeah, he's better off just being a DH or first baseman maybe down the road. I'm going to skip ahead to a couple. I'm going to move forward here. Um, Dallas Keuchel. Okay, it's along the lines of Dallas Keuchel and New York Yankees. The Yankees need to get rid of their facial hair policy if they sign Dallas Keuchel. Now, this is this was put in place in the 70s by George Steinbrenner when he want, he wanted the players to look all uniform. They had no facial hair, no long hair, and Keuchel said he has no issue with that. Buying or selling, the Yankees need to get rid of the facial hair policy. Selling. I like it. I like that there's a team that still says, these are the uniforms we're going to wear. We are we are an iconic classic team. This is how we do business. And if you're going to be a Yankee, this is what a Yankee looks like. Now, the total opposite would be like Charlie Finley and the A's, where he encouraged them and, to, to, and, and would give them uh, some money to grow facial hair. But uh, I still like how the Yankees, they are a very professional outfit and uh, – so I'm selling. I have okay. no problem with that. Okay. You want to be a Yankee, you got to look like a Yankee. I mean, Johnny Damon did it. If Damon could shave his hair, you know, cut his hair and shave his beard when he left the Red Sox, I think anyone can do it. All right, we got well, about a minute. Sometimes, like the Dodgers, like I've seen some of the, what the Dodger guys will wear, like a BP, and it's like they don't look like big leaguers. Like, uh, who was it? Someone's coming about, I think it was what Chase Utley was wearing one day or Justin Turner. Like, Justin Turner wouldn't fit on the Yankees with the red beard and the long hair, but what he does with the Dodgers. He, I, I get it, but there still is an attire for, for, for professionalism, I should say. Okay, last one. We'll try to get this quickly. Um, last night in minor league baseball, a player dropped on a bunt in the ninth inning with one out to break up a combined no-hitter. Buying or selling, players should use the bunt more to break up no-hitters. I have no problem with that. I, I that, That's one of those 
unwritten rules, it's ridiculous. My job is to break up this no-hitter any way I can. And don't be telling me about a combined no-hitter. Who the hell cares about a combined no-hitter? There are four pitchers, and this was double A. So it was the Yankees guy that dropped on the bunt. I, it, the, my job is to get on base. The audio of the call is pretty good. We don't have time to play, but it's pretty funny. This, this the way the the, the PA announcer react, you know, reacts and the play-by-play reacts when he drops on the bunt. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think if you want to break up the no-hitter, drop on the bunt. It's like what Matt Olson does with the shift. You want to beat the shift, drop on the bunt on the third baseline and get on base. So if I drop down a bunt and I get to first base, do I get credit for a base hit? Yeah. Of course. So you know what? Stop with your, your dumb, unwritten rules. That drives me nuts. I'm with you. I, and I, does, a, is a, does a play-by-play guy rip it? No, it's just like they're all kind of more like stunning. Maybe we'll play it tomorrow. I, I'll have it saved. We can play it tomorrow because we're almost out of time. Oh, no. We broke up a combined no-hitter. Shut up. Well, apparently after the game, the bench is cleared because uh, all this happened. So What? Yeah, that's, that's what happened. Minor league baseball for you. Minor league baseball. All righty, we are going to throw it to Alex Jensen and A's all night. I will be back at 6.05 getting you ready for A's and Halos, game two of the three-game set. You can hear it on 8.60 a.m. in the Bay Area. You can hear it on Sports 1140 KHDK in Sacramento, Northern California in the Valley, or you can just continue to listen right here on A's Cast. We'll be back in just a minute. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.